Welcome to the Law of Anarchy podcast in the Relationship Rebellion, where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, Mindful Love Coach, here with you today to talk about turning woes into wisdom. Everything that happens is actually an opportunity to grow closer to ourselves and to spirit. We often hear everything happens for a reason. And while some of the more difficult things that happen in our lives sometimes makes no sense at all and is a difficult pill to swallow, the most difficult things for me that have happened to me are in hindsight, the most beautiful gifts. And there's the phrase, turn lemons into lemonades, move difficulty into learning moments, turn resentment into forgiveness. Our guest today, Jen Amaral Coons, is one of those people just filled with love and has so much to give, but is also an ambassador of self-love. She is the owner of Beyond the Mirror Counseling and Wellness, a muffin maker, and a gifted therapist and healer. I'm going to plug my new program, Moving from Casual Dating to Conscious Relating. Learn to fall in love with yourself while finding deep soulful love. This eight-week program, you can rewrite your love story. But first, finding a true connection with yourself that enables you to consciously attract and connect with your ideal partner. If you'd like more information, I'll have it down in the show notes. Feel free and contact me about the eight-week program. So listeners, pull up a chair, put your ear pods on, or Turn up the volume in your car and join us in this conversation as I welcome Jennifer Admiral Coons. Welcome, Jen. Hello. It's good to be here. Uh, so good. Glad to have you. I am finally get to have you on my podcast. I'm excited to be here. Yes, thank you. So tell the listeners a little bit more about you. Well, I'm Jen Admiral Coons, and I have lived here in Fort Collins for... 20 plus years now, and a friend and colleague of you, Andrea, who we've kind of met in a lot of different ways um, as being local counselors in the community too. And I, as a counselor, have started Beyond the Mirror Counseling and Wellness, which is a counseling and wellness center where we do energy work and massage group, individual counseling, couples counseling. Um, And then on my spare time, I like baking Hiking, being outside, anything outside, playing, cooking, and uh, being a mom is like one of my favorite things. Yeah, Jen is definitely the the mountain woman. Now, now you live up in the foothills, so yeah. It, yeah, I feel so lucky to be there, right in the mountains now. So I just wake up and I'm already where I want to be. Sure. So our topic woes into wisdom. The idea that everything that happens is an opportunity to go grow closer to ourselves in spirit. So this is actually part of a text that Jen sent me when we we're batting about the topic we we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I think that a lot of times we can look at 
you know, when we're struggling in our life, and I see this a lot being a counselor, having the individuals on the couch and they're coming in and they're having a hard time. And the way that they're having a hard time is so hard for them. And that often it's not just the fact that they're having a hard time, but how they meet themselves there or struggle to meet themselves there. That is the challenge. And I find that when we can show up with compassion and love ourselves more during these challenging times, it's, it's without and have our own back, you know, without abandoning ourselves in the middle of our life crisis with judgment and ridicule. Um, it makes everything easier and that we find when we're on the other side of said crisis or said struggle, how valuable that struggle can have been and how it can bring us closer to ourself and our spirit. But we end up pushing that away oftentimes until we get the awareness or until we feel comfortable getting to know ourselves. We push away anything that has negative emotions or negativity, mm-hmm. quote unquote, because I don't believe any emotion is negative, but that we avoid that hurt. Right. So when things happen, sometimes we'll ignore it or bury those emotions or pretend like nothing's bothering us when it really does. And, and then it doesn't bear fruit. Right. Yeah. And I think that that hard part is like, again, like you're saying, it's so painful. And that's just natural and human to close something out that we believe is going to hurt us or someone else. Like, of course, that would be like a a healthy even response to say, this is painful. I don't want to do that. And in a lot of situations, like logically, that makes sense. Yet, ideally, when we can show up to something with curiosity and just get interested you know, why is this hurting me so much? Because that hurt oftentimes can lead us to something, to more information. You know, when we are hurting, it's a sign something is important. There's some value. There's something so important to us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be hurting. And and what is that? And what do we want to do with it? But what you're saying is true. It's hard to show up, to to enter into that, what feels like the dark woods of emotion. And all of us here on this earth, we do, we can't avoid pain or hurt or negative things happening. And we also can't control our external circumstances. The only thing we can control is the inside. And we can hold a lot of resentment toward the things that happen or feel like a victim to all the things happening. But it, it, it's how you approach it or deal with it. Yeah, I want to choke on that a little bit. Ugh, what do you mean we can't control everything, Andrea? Nothing. <laughs> Why can we not control it? But that, again, is that natural. Ideally, that's what we want to do, right? The computer isn't working. Like, let's see what we can, what's in our power and control. How can we do something about it? Fix it, solve it, make it be more effective. And when it is emotions and our feelings, that's harder to do. Like, and we can't always tell. And so when we look at fear, for example, a lot of times we can feel fear and the tendency can be, well, I shouldn't do that because that feels scary. But there's so many things when we look at roller coasters and bungee jumping and zip lining, it's all based on fear and fear and excitement play very well together and feel really great together. And that most of the time can be a very safe and thrilling experience that people can have a lot of positive feelings around. But there is fear involved. The same with having a a new relationship or getting involved in a new relationship. There's so much fear. Can they be trusted? Is this a good fit? Should 
should I take a chance or trust or whatever it is? Um, should where, how far do I want to go? Like within this relationship, like with intimacy, what does that look like? And the fear doesn't mean we should or shouldn't do it. It's just letting ourselves know, hey, there's something here that's causing me some fear. Can I pay attention to that and see what that really means? It doesn't mean I should do it. It doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. But also, what about are you still carrying on past hurts from past relationships and bringing them into the new relationship? I find I deal with a lot of clients addressing that and like opening that fear box up Mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, I just want to get over it. It's kind of like online dating. Many clients like jump right in again without sifting through or dealing with the grief and they jump right into another relationship instead of giving it space to um, come up with growth and new solutions and awareness in their part in it. Right. Yeah. Well, in that curiosity and space, right, to really have a willingness to look at that. And we can do that in relationships with others or with ourselves. Or, you know, I think about working with a lot of athletes. I see that happen when athletes have been injured. The This feeling of like wanting to get back to their sport and afraid to get back to their sport, especially if they were injured dur- d- um, by doing exactly what they love, you know, or in competition. Ooh, yes. And so there's this piece of needing to really grieve, which I think, even just me saying it, who wants to sign up for grief? Like, hey, I'll have a little grief. Let's do that. But oftentimes we have to stop and truly grieve and honor what has happened, you know, before we can know if we want to go back or not go back to whatever that is, you know, or start again, whatever that is. And I think like you're saying, this tendency is either to withhold and avoid certain things or just delve into something and and not listen, you know, to what we really need or want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where coaching, counseling, and I'm thinking of meditation and yeah. being alone in nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like for me, that feels like an everything to me. Like there's not a lot of things that feel like, wow, this, I call them marbles. I have this glass jar of marbles I've had in my office forever. And my son collected marbles as a kid. And I talk about coping tools as marbles, that it's nice to have lots of different marbles, lots of different coping strategies and self-soothing strategies so that we can pull from them at different times. And some are good for some things. And I feel like for me, getting lost in nature is an everything. It's like the marble that always works. I've never had it not. And when I can wander about, there's something I feel like in the spaciousness of nature of just um, where, whether it be trees or oceans or water or lakes or mountains, it helps absorb like some of that energy. It can help hold it with you and where problems can feel more small. And I feel like when I can be out in nature away from the energy, vibrations, information of other people, just myself and and the and the earth, there's something very healing in that and very telling where um, it makes it easier to hear what is true for me or what is important to me. That's what saved me as I spent time hiking the places I didn't go before because I was too busy during lockdown and my anxiety about it um, and I remember my neighbors are like, what are you doing leaving? We're supposed to be on lockdown. I'm like, I am i can't sit in my house. 
but it gave me uh, like this open space to be able to be with these feelings and move through these either hiking, trail running, you know, I um, pushed myself physically too. And, you know, that felt comforting and then being cradled by nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like when we can get I think out of our own thinking. I, I feel like what I see, you know, having listened to many people on the couch over the years, mm-hmm. having had my own experience and the experience of my friends and family, like there's a tendency of humans to want to be in our own thoughts. Like these are said thoughts and therefore we must hang out there and listen. And uh, the irony that most of the time our thoughts are lying to us, you know, and we want to listen to them all day. It's like we can have this unhealthy relationship with our thoughts, but ideally we have like a body center, a heart center. We have spirit. We have so much more than our thinking. In fact, if we were going to look at percentage-wise, it would be a small percentage, our thoughts and the rest of our ability to gather information. And when we can get out of our thoughts for a little while, you know, to be able to experience the information of the earth and the spirit and our hearts, our emotions, um, our body, what our bodies are saying. I think that so much time with social media and energy and people, I see this with youth, they're so busy looking at other people taking selfies, comparing, doing all the things. They don't even know what they really want. They're so busy doing what they're supposed to do or showing up in this way. But when we get unplugged and lost in that, we can, especially with moving our body, it helps us have less power in our thoughts. When we can be immersed in water or nature, um, if we are able to be there and outside of just our thinking, it's amazing how much more we hear when we're not listening to our thoughts, but listening to everything. Well, and our minds aren't that smart. Mm-hmm. And we can actually take control of our minds. Like, and we're going to talk about, you know, changing pers- perspective and n- getting to know ourselves more and that our body is actually wise, mm-hmm. but we're in our minds trying to portray this image of who we are instead of being vulnerable and really letting or even knowing ourselves and sharing that with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I find that some of the most amazing experiences I've ever had, things that, um, things that I have done or have accomplished or um, embodied didn't make any sense at all. Like, and I think about, um, just my house in the mountains. Like, I've wanted, I've, I've spent time frolicking in the woods, like at Horse Tooth, spending time there mostly every day for my life for the last 20 years. Been playing in the waters and, and in the woods and wanting to live there and looking at how can that really happen? Like, how, where am I going to live? Will I have the space I want? Can I afford that? How am I going to afford that? You know, what is that going to be? And it didn't really make any sense. But yet still, I I went there. Still, I held the space. Still, I don't know how many times I took my family on a Saturday to go get hot chocolate and coffee and just drive on the road that I live now. I can't tell you how many times I drove up there to, to just look at all the houses and the people and, and know and validate that I want to live on the exact road that I live right now. And so for so long, you know, it didn't make sense to me how I would get there, but there was this deeper knowing from coming from this place now to see like something within me knew, you know, for a long time. That's the law of attraction. And you experienced 
where you live now and have the feelings and and immersed yourself in it that it overrode the limitations of your mind and you just lived in that future self until it manifested. That is the perfect example of, you know, the laws of manifestation and abundance. Yeah. Well, and just that believing, I mean, and I think like during those times, it's like things looked as if, if there were many, many times it looked as if it would not work out or it wasn't going our way. I mean, all the way up until the last second, we were looking at a different house and this house we had seen before, but it was too expensive. And so we just kind of cut it off the list because it wasn't in our budget and all of these things kept happening. But then the owners hadn't sold it and they dropped the price and the other house that we were going to buy fell through and all of these things happen that looked like problems in the, in the middle of it. It just looked like chaos and problems and heartache and pain. And all of it led me to exactly where we wanted to be that we didn't so think we could go. Trusting the process, like somebody breaks up with you or ghosts you or, you know, a friend stops, kind of drops off, that maybe these are gifts. Mm-hmm. And that people not being in our lives aren't supposed to be there and trusting your perception right. rather being a victim or feeling like you're broken or something is wrong with you. Right. Well, and that's so hard, you know, especially like within relationships, if you um, have been ready to feel loved by someone like forever you know, for years, and you're on this search of like finding your person that you have not found. And then you get close and find out that that's not the best fit like that. Those parts are hard. Like you're saying, this is where, you know, we don't want to abandon ourselves, where we want to really show up and love ourselves more to say what is true. Like I've wanted this, I've desired this for so long. And this not working out right now is so painful. And that willingness to show up to that pain and that grief and that heartache, because through that we can move through. And then we can see again, like you're saying, when one door closes, another one opens. It's like when you're in it, that's super hard. Hard because all we see is that door closed to something that there was a piece of that that I wanted um, when there really could be like a more amazing fit. Like you're saying, if we are willing to wait and look at ourselves more as well as like this, this grief or the sadness. Yeah. And being okay with things just happening, but trusting it's going to work out. Like maybe not in your time. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me um, so I do a moon ceremony that uh, Jen and some other friends, hi friends, um, um, we gather together and uh, get mindful around the moon um, time. And it reminds me of January 2020. Oh. Um, we were sitting around and things felt so stagnant, mm-hmm. you know, like I think Jen and I were both talking like something's going on. Mm-hmm. The energy is so strange. Like usually we can manifest stuff like that. But our dreams kind of like we had this big block and it felt very frustrating no matter what I did. Because I could, you know, change things mm-hmm. up, have different perspectives was not working. Right. Oh, yeah. And I like to pride myself in having 101 ways to get to any goal. And I felt like I'm going down this this path, this one. I'm opening this door and this window and trying to get here. And nothing 
was working. I had all these dreams of and desires of what I wanted to do, my new, what I want to be when I grow up, a new venture in life. And I felt like it was clear and that I wanted to go toward it. And no matter which way I, I tried, it was like nothing was going my way. And that, like having to feel that feeling was like, ugh. Um, but being able, I think that was hard to get interested in it. It was more, but I remember being from that curious place. For me, it was coming up more as annoyance. Like I'm annoyed and frustrated (laughs) and irritated. Like I wasn't judging myself or the process, but I'm like, I still don't like it. It was a very visceral and somatic feeling of like, I don't like the way this feels and why, and it's confusing. And then over time, because it did last so long, I wondered like, am I missing something you know there it does eventually self-doubt becomes part of the process and even that I I don't feel like there's anything wrong with having it it's just how you show up you know to your own self-doubt and and with love and compassion and trusting but that's hard when things aren't going yeah because January and then in March we went into lockdown and like the that ceremony was way before or like something that we weren't experiencing. Mm -hmm. I know people were getting sick, but we weren't putting that together at all. And then lockdown, then it, you know, then the virus came and it's like, oh, that's why we were, we were stopped. Mm -hmm. Because I remember during that ceremony, you explained your frustration. I'm like, I'm feeling the exact same thing. Exactly. I'm like, I don't even have to share because Jen said exactly what I was feeling, but I don't think I've ever experienced that kind of halt or that kind of like all my creative solutions weren't manifesting. Right. It was like that feeling when you have two magnets, opposing magnets together, and you can feel the tension in between how they do not want to go together, how one was pushing. And I kind of felt that feeling everywhere in my life, like that I'm trying to do these things, like, and everything in hindsight, right? 2020, like everything I wanted to create was about bringing people together. Ah! In person, like in the real world, connecting with each other. And I had all these dreams of all these people that I'm going to connect and and what I'm going to do, bringing bringing people together. Um, And yeah, we couldn't do that, you know, in the pandemic. And then there, even after that, there we sit, right, knowing, oh, this makes sense now. But now what? right? Then we have this, now what? Like here my my partner is, right? This partner that I'm creating as my new venture in life, my new potential business or passion in life was my new partner in the world that I thought was the best fit. And now I'm not going to be able to do this in the way I thought indefinitely. You know, we had no idea what we were up against then. And on a smaller scale, we're always up against that. Mm-hmm. And we can just focus keep our perception and be up in our head and about the things not working out. And there we go. There's the the cutoff to being able to have abundance or manifest something mm-hmm. in that thought process too. And yeah, I've seen you get out of situations that like I didn't ever 
disagree that you couldn't have it, but I was always curious about how you were going to do. And you like that challenge too. Mm -hmm. I know I do. I do like a good element of risk and challenge, like a nice puzzle gets me excited. Like, so it's never like about the risk or the challenge. I'm I'm willing to take whatever risks I need to do, even the ones that are uncomfortable or the ones that I don't like. I think the hard part during that time was like, now, not what, like not being clear on which direction to go or, or um, what to do, you know, with your, with yourself or not to know like what action. I think for me, I'm always more comfortable in action. And when I have to pause for an extensive amount of time. You know, then I have a little ADD, so I get bored. Like, really? I'm still sitting here? Like, come on. You can hang on to resentment and you can hang on to the grief, but it's something we have to move through or it's going to affect other areas of our lives. And I think that's when we feel victim to Mm -hmm. people, places, and things. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to forgive ourselves and forgive other people to move on. Right. Right. Yeah. And like you're saying, that willingness to move on, I mean, our willingness to be in it. Like earlier at the beginning, you had said, like, all we can really do is control ourselves and how we show up and not others. And I feel like that's really what was helping me is to just keep coming back to myself. Like, hey, this was your plan. And you were really close, like to creating this big center of wellness where everyone was going to gather like and, and do these things. And now we can't do it in that way. And so um, what do you need now? You know, what's important to you now? And what do you want to create now? And, um, and the patience, you know, I think with ourselves, which is not always easy to know, it's not always our timeline, right? We can't control the amount of time or what happens in the world or what we can do. And so to be willing to sit with that, with the not having answers, you know, for, for a long amount of time, you know, I don't really know right now. And so what am I going to do? Or how am I going to be? How do I take care of myself when I don't know which action to take? And I think it's interesting to look at what's underneath. Why do you want that relationship? Why do you want this retreat mm-hmm. center? Like, what are the feelings you want to experience? Mm-hmm. And then find them in the now. Yeah. There there we go. Gratitude list. And then we tell clients to do that all the time because mm-hmm. look where you're already getting that. Right. Yeah. And in the end, like that's what I think happened for me is yes. that I sat there and thought, what is it about this? You know, it's I want this center. I want to bring people together. I want people to have connection. And then the pandemic came and I saw so many people struggling. And I like to put myself outside of that, right? Like I wasn't struggling, but I feel like it looked good on me, right? Because I had a lot of things to do. I spent time in nature. I'm an introvert. It was great. I could do all these things alone. I felt happy. But I I wanted to reach those people who were struggling. I wanted to reach them for them to help, but I wanted to reach them for me to feel the deep sense of love I get when I connect to people, when I help people, right? I was finding that I couldn't do the same way I did before this thing of of connecting with people. And so I thought, yeah, I want this wellness center where people gather. There's an outdoor space and the gift shop where I would have coffee and muffins and I would make these vegan gluten-free muffins that have no allergies so that all of the little kids and people could come and do. 
And then I just started making muffins. I Yes. You. <laughs> I don't even know. I was like, I'm going to make these muffins because that's the part of the dream that I can do. I can be outside. I can be in wellness. I can connect with my pod of people, you and my, my moon women. The, Hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> and, you know, and I could do all of that. Um, and then I could make these muffins. And so I just started making them all different colors and flavors and creative and swirls. And I couldn't believe how many different things I could do with that. And I recreated my um, recipe by using chemistry and science to really see how to best make vegan, gluten-free, egg-free, like no eggs. How do you make them fluffy and great? And after I started doing it, I had all these muffins in my deep freezer. And I'm like, what am I going to do? So I started giving them away to my neighbors, to people dropping them on the porch because we couldn't see each other and be with each other. And realizing how much joy that brought not just me and my neighbors like to be able to have this like food you know the this other way like creative love and gift you know for each other and i think those of us who you know we feel love by giving love and and giving too i felt the same way and i think that my podcast was birthed out of not being able i'm like well if we can't connect IRL in real life, then, oh, we're just energy. And I said, oh, if I connect with listeners as well as my guests and share that as like a, as an intimate conversation, then there is connection there. And mm -hmm. there is another creative way to have connection. Now, you know, thinking of your muffins and the podcast, there are so many ways mm -hmm. that we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this one, you don't even have to really be here. You can talk to someone when they're right in your room, and you can talk to someone at a distance. And it kind of, we had to get interested on how we were going to bridge these uh, these gaps of connection and being together in new and creative ways that felt safe. And yeah, I feel like the muffins really did that. And then uh, Mandala Muffins was born. Yes, like, it in was. In which I began to, then um, people wanted to buy them, and it just you know, kind of got away from me a little bit, like in which people wanted to buy them and was asking. And then I started selling them to people and um, doing some different volunteer things for bike, bike to work day and other outside events that Fort Collins was having. And, and that just became a new fun way to be around people in a way that felt safe by giving a gift and talking to people from a distance outside their doorway. And, um, and then realizing again, that piece where it's the win-win, right? It's important to them and important to me that I kept listening to what it is that I need, not just what I want to do for others, but the finding of that win-win, like both. I want to connect in relationship with people for myself and for them. That's what I think. I'm like, you poured love into your muffins. I pour love into my podcast and my coaching practice. And I end the podcast with a quote about love is the only true power. Mm -hmm. And it is the only energy. And in fear, you know, doesn't really exist. We do feel it. I mean, we definitely do. But Bringing that up and examining that can lead us down the road to healing. And you talked about, too, and leading it to yourself in spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, of just recognizing, again, that 
you know, some of those hard things allow us to open up and love ourselves even more in the same way that we would do that with like a close friend. You know, when we see a friend or family member aching, maybe they are having a hard time in their life, lost a job, lost a partner. There's some kind of loss and we show up in this beautiful way, often bearing food, flowers, gifts, hugs, love, um, acts of service can can we have a food train cannot we come over and help you clean can we just be in your presence and when we are struggling oftentimes we don't want to show up for ourselves that way you know we can be in our pajamas watching netflix sitting there people can judge themselves or choose not to do it and that could also be like love based on how we show up you know we can sit and watch netflix in our pajamas all day if it feels like this is a loving thing to do it's it's again about the mindset and the heart how do we show up and say, hey, Jen, you're going through something rough right now. And this is really hard. And I know you so much to know you need something to do, my love, like you just need something to do. Like, what can we do while we are aching? And I feel like that's where the muffins were born, you know, to really see how I can make life feel great for my kiddos at home, you know, is where Mm -hmm. it started being creative with that and give that to neighbors and people around. And, um, you know, the one thing we were allowed to do, right, is share food in the beginning in safe ways and being able to um, do that for myself, allow myself to do what I needed for me um, in a way that maybe wasn't part of my plan, you know, but turned out to be uh, a really awesome experience. Yeah, I had a similar experience too. And we did our moon ceremonies over video and mm. Zoom and FaceTime. Um, we we still continue to do them and still continue to have that that monthly energy and hold that for one another. But when we came back in person, I appreciated you all so like mm-hmm. so much more. You don't know what you have till it's gone. Right. But I also uh, opened up more, I think. I think the the moon circle got more open and vulnerable. Um to be honest, I feel like sometimes as a therapist, we feel like we have to wear this mask like we have it all together all the time, but we're just human too. Right. And it was it was, I got so much closer to you ladies and uh, during that time and, and was more vulnerable and realized I'm like, I want this mm-hmm. deeper relationship with my friends. And then the ones that I couldn't, I kind of, I let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I very much had a very similar feeling. Like you said, you don't know until you take that break. You have that willingness or you have to, for whatever reason, take this break from it. And you realize, I think what I came to realize is that that connection isn't just something I enjoyed, but something that's needed, you know, like sunshine and water to plants. And there's actually research based on that. Like when we look at kiddos in the ICU and kiddos in, um, you know, orphanages, that when they were not being touched, they would would find that they would die. And it was, they did a lot of research to find they can't just feed them and give them food and come and like spend a little bit of time. They have to be held and nurtured and loved for their own like well-being and attachment and thrive. They can't uh, survive and thrive unless they are in proximity to another, unless they're sharing that connection and that touch. And um, that part I feel like was so meaningful when we had been apart for so long to come together 
and just be around each other and realize, hey, like this space is needed, not just something we enjoy and the gratitude around that, like for thriving to be in community was precious, I think. Yeah, I had a whole new appreciation and I was doing moon ceremonies myself and it just kind of like, you know, manifesting people, you know, and you ladies were like, oh, we want to be a part of it. I'm like, come on in, the more the merrier. And um, and it became a ritual for us. But the same thing, I have such a deeper appreciation for each of you as well as um, the ceremony itself and having that place to be vulnerable and to, you know, show all my weak areas. and But then also celebrating by my wins, your wins Mm -hmm. feels so good. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And the connection I feel like I formed with like that happened, that thing that happened with us happened with all my relationships. I feel like really enriching. And during that time, like at the beginning, before we knew, you know, when we were easing in that January before the pandemic, wanting to grow a wellness center and all these things. And I, I had ideas of who I could connect with, like people in the community I've watched and observed do amazing things, but I had never really met them outside of Facebook, you know, a lot of them. Um, And then I had this chance to meet probably 50 new people, like, and other professionals. And like you're saying, um, as a therapist, I do feel like there's this pressure to you know, look good or have it all together. Or yes, my, you know, my, um, my business is successful or whatever, and not share the parts that are hard. And some of what I did is that one of the things I did is I connected with a bunch of other professionals that were business owners and saw that they too were worried, how am I going to make the money? And I have so many emails, and how do I delete those? And who do you have for admin? And how much do you pay people? And all of these challenges that I had been closeted with for so long, you know, I thought, wow, these, all of these people are starting a business. I have 10 years on them, like in age and experience, you know, and here they are like validating all the parts that I never had support validating when Mm. I first started. And by allowing myself to be in the space with them, I really felt like it grew a deeper love for my younger self too. starting this out feeling like I had to reinvent a wheel, like reaching out to help to grow this business in which nobody had done it like me here at this time. And now there's so many others that are similar. I felt like I was the only one and I didn't know how to do it. And then watching them struggle was like, I saw myself loving them and loving myself, my my earlier self, like, wow, that was as hard as you thought, you know, doing that in that way was as hard as you thought. And, and it's okay to say that, to say this is hard. Like, I don't suck at it. It's not bad. I'm not bad. They're not bad. It is just hard. And sometimes when it's hard and we're moving slower, again, I'm so grateful that I have always been an athlete because I feel like that's taught me so many metaphors on life. You're going up this hill, this hill lasts forever. You don't know when mm-hmm. it's going to end. That's the hardest hill for me. Like we're just gradually going up till the dawn of time. Like, are you kidding me? It's still going up. When does it stop? And realizing, hey, 
I have control over my pace, my breath, like my energy. I don't know. So if I don't know, what do I want to do? I might not want to gun it right now. Like maybe I want to take it easy not knowing. Maybe I do want to gun it because I have that kind of energy. Like that's up to me. What is in my power and control and how do I show up? You know, I can even stop, enjoy the view, sit down for a minute. Like there are a lot of options if I'm willing to pay attention to me in that moment and what I need. Yeah, it's oftentimes we don't pay attention when we're trying to avoid something, Mm -hmm. feeling something, seeing something, you know, and I think of my clients too who ignore the red flags in a relationship because they want love so bad that they're willing to kind of sacrifice a part of themselves. And that's kind of what I think about. Um, And sometimes we want to accomplish stuff But there's something kind of nagging us, like, oh, maybe we need to go in this direction. Mm -hmm. Maybe we do need to rest. And that actually will bring on more energy or a different direction Mm -hmm. to approach something. Um, And I I think we've all experienced that where we've grasped onto something so tight. Mm -hmm. We want it and we want it this way, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and the number one source of suffering is attachment and that yeah. the, the Buddhist phrase. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then you get there and it's not a great fit that I remember this time of like really wanting, like I thought what I wanted was to learn more about, cause if I was going to create this wellness center way back when I needed to learn more, be a naturopathic doctor or something. And so I like looked into all of these programs to do that, to be a naturopathic doctor. And, and I was like, this is what I need. And I filled out this stuff. And one of them had like a 50% scholarship and I put all my energy into that and I got it. And that I was like, yes, this is what I want. And I get into the program and the entire program is pretty much reading textbooks and taking tests. Like it was not even online, like where you got to watch a lot of videos. In the end, you were going to have some kind of a practicum where you would have a site you could do things in person. But all of the learning for two years was just reading and taking a test. And I was like, miserable at go with my ADD, like thinking, oh, hell no, like there's nothing even to see. Nobody is engaging me in anything. It's constant. I have this textbook that's like 500 pages or whatever, and I'm going to have to read it all and then keep doing this for two years. That sounded horrible. Like, and in the end, I realized it, I didn't even need to go there. I, I didn't, there was nothing that I wanted. It was again, my ego, my fear, my worry, like I need to have this to get here. And when I couldn't, didn't want it at all. And it wasn't a good fit. Again, that was the door that I let close. I closed myself to realize there was something else for that, me. And that's an act of self-love. Because I've been in situations that you're talking about when I was younger and I would muscle through everything. I would say yes to everything because, and then if it was hard, I would, you know, blame myself Mm -hmm. and say, well, it's something wrong with me or I'm like, you know, you know, and later I found out like I, when my daughter got diagnosed with, you know, ADHD, I'm like, doctor's like, oh, you know. Do you, I'm like, no, I've got a master's degree. It's like, how much coffee did you have to drink to get it? I'm like, oh. And realizing these things, I'm like, I could let myself off the hook a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's part of self-love, letting that go. Right. And we all have strengths and we all have mm-hmm. um, things that we could work on or we could get somebody else to do it. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. And I find that, like, again, that hindsight is twenty twenty. Like, everything I was tightly attached to with fear, judgment, and anxiety was often an invitation to grieve. Yeah. Like, there was something that was sad. Like, and now from this place of what I call living open, like being able to live fully open to all of myself, my spirit, the information, I find that you know, I mostly are, these are opportunities for me to be sad about something. Like I did, that didn't go my way when I decided not to go the naturopathic doctor route and freaking 50% off, like 50% scholarship. That's what it, I would, that that's what like, it oh, killed me. The logical me. and analytical part of me is still like, really? I passed that up. But it wasn't a good fit and it wasn't even needed or necessary. Like I don't need all that information like to do what it is that I'm going to do. And if I want that information, I can learn it in a different way. You know, if I still decide I want it later, there's still that PhD, right? Sometimes I'm like, oh, I've always wanted that. Might I still want it? Like there may be a time I choose to do that, but it will be because I want to. Like I think a lot of people say, if you don't do your PhD now, you'll never do it. And I think, why do we always say that about fear? Why should teenagers know what they want to be when they grow up, when they leave school? Or why don't we just trust? We will Our preferences will change over time. In all the ways that are uncomfortable to people, with sexuality, with interests, with foods, with occupations, with preferences, with relationships. And then the ones that last will be the ones that are malleable, that we're able yes, to grow, change, move, our partner, ourself. Our, and if they are set in stone at some point, like for us to be healthy... It's not going to be the best fit. And so we have to have a willingness for things to be malleable, for us to show up to our own change of preference with compassion and the change of preference with our people in our life and the and everybody we're with, which is easier said than done. Because again, it involves love, which involves grief. <laughs> like their love and grief go together. Like they totally the do. more we love, the more we ache in beautiful, beautiful ways and painful ways. Yeah. And it, it, it's embracing that. And then we're not suffering. We may have emotional pain and it may not feel great, but it really brings us deeper in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, it's been such a pleasure and we got to do it in person, which is, Yay. which I always appreciate now. <laughs> and we both have coffee, by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thus, we can focus. <laughs> Jen, how can people get a hold of you, learn more about Beyond the Mirror and your muffins? Yeah, for sure. You can connect with me at beyondthemirror.org and find out about our practice here, which we have in person and virtual for anybody in Colorado. Occasionally, we have workshops that are not counseling, just education, and they go throughout, like outside of Colorado. And then Mandala Muffins is my muffin business. So that's um, mandalamuffins.com. So beyondthemirror.org, mandalamuffins.com. Yeah. yeah. Love you, sister. Love you too. Thanks for having me. It's Thanks. a pleasure. Oh, it's been awesome. Yeah. Thank you listeners for listening in to the Love Anarchy podcast in the Relationship Rebellion, where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, and founder of Mindful Love. Highlighting again my eight-week course on to help you date relate and find your ideal mate. From solo dating, we'll move on to mindful love relating.
Again, you can find me on Facebook, Andrea Atherton, and please DM me there if you're wanting more details. Please subscribe, ring the bell, and leave feedback because it helps our podcast so much. And don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast. If you want to join Love Anarchy in the Relationship Rebellion, you can find us Love Anarchy Podcast on Facebook. I'm going to leave you with my favorite short but sweet quote. Love is the only true 